having another Manic Monday? Whoa, whoa. No matter your title in the nonprofit world, are you always being asked to do more with less? More with less. Or maybe you're stuck doing the same thing with fewer resources. Fewer resources. Then the team at Agile and Nonprofits, a service of D.H. Leonard Consulting, will help nonprofit professionals just like you. Learn how to embrace an Agile mindset and how to implement the Scrum framework in their team settings to help create twice the impact in half the time. You can learn more and download their free Getting Started with Scrum checklist at agileinnonprofits.com. Because it's always just another Manic Monday. Well, hello there. I'm Kimberly Hayes-Muga. And I'm Amanda Day. And you're listening to Season 5 of the Fundraising Heyday Podcast. So we're here to help you make sense of the complex world of grant writing and fundraising, whether you work for a nonprofit, local government, or a consultant who serves them. On Fundraising Heyday, we will always cover the how-tos, because that's important, but we also want to explore the whys of things, not the letter Y, not whys like the owl, but the W-H-Y-S of things, including, but not limited to, poking the giant hairy bear of inequity that roams the forest of philanthropy. And we do this every two weeks with the help of experts in the field and our particular brand of entertainment, which as you may know includes songs, cheesy sound effects, and the occasional y'all. But true. We do it because learning doesn't have to be boring. So And it doesn't even have to be in tune or in the right key, right? We're just <laughs> well, clearly here. if I'm doing it, that's the case. We're here. So. <laughs> and if you're new, welcome. Yes, so let's get to today's topic after a quick word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by our Season 5 sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. Don't let grants stress you out. Their team can help you with grant readiness and training, grant research, grant writing, mock review, as well as providing numerous DIY resources, guides, and templates. Did you know? that with every Fundraising Heyday episode, we create a coordinating blog post on their website, dhleonardconsulting.com. Check it out today. Well, welcome back to the show, friends. Or if you're a first-time listener, thank you so much for tuning in. I want to start out by reminding everybody that Wednesday, August 17th is National Nonprofit Day. So this is sort of a new day. It was founded in 2017 by author and speaker Sharita Herring, and forgive me if I mispronounce her name. Um, She started it for the purpose of bringing attention to the importance of nonprofits the world over. It's a way to recognize all the assistance that nonprofits provide, right? We feed the hungry, we house the unhoused, we heal the sick, all those good things. And all that's done thanks to nonprofits, because these are needs that are typically not met by corporations and governmental agencies. So if you would like to jump in and celebrate, you could consider making a donation to your favorite nonprofit, maybe asking your colleagues about their favorite nonprofits. You could thank your volunteers or just use social media to help educate the world about the wonderful day. So it's my first time acknowledging this day, and I plan to thank all my nonprofit clients that I work with for doing the great work that they do. What about you, Kimberly? 
I think that's a great idea and I shall liberate it from within your grasp and also thank clients and thank maybe some places where I worked in the past before opening my consulting business too. So good on Ms. Herring for starting this day. And I think every day should be nonprofit day, but it's always good to have an official recognition. Yep. And it's always August 17. So good day. Um, Now for today in this episode, we're going to talk to a fellow grant professional who has created a fascinating trajectory in her career. That's right. One of the things that Amanda and I spend a lot of time thinking about and talking about this year, when we're not ranting about stuff, because (laughs) y'all know that's our brand, right, is the fact that there's, there's no one set path for grant professionals. There really isn't contrary to what someone may have told you or what you have seen or heard, we're here to say, nope, so many ways. And it's completely normal for people to transition back and forth throughout their career. And so through the guests we interview, we want you to understand the possibilities that abound in the careers centered on grant writing, fundraising, nonprofit management, et cetera, local government, et cetera, et cetera. All the things. Yep. So if you're feeling burned out about churning out grant after grant after grant for your organization. Well, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> You've never been what there before. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't mean that your only option is to move to a different organization where you can churn out grant after grant after grant, right? The grant profession is certainly rooted in funds seeking through grant applications, but it's not limited to that. Exactly. So today we are thrilled to introduce to you Dana Schuler Drummond, owner of Sharpshooter Communications, LLC, a nonprofit consulting firm and founder also of Grant Holster, a cloud-based grant management system. Another in a long line of super underachievers. Let me tell you why. And I'm being very sarcastic. Here we go. So Dana was the first person in Oklahoma to earn a dual certification as a certified fundraising executive, the CFRE, and a grant professional certified GPC. With more than 30 years experience in the nonprofit world, Dana works with dozens of clients from small requests for special projects to major multi-year federal proposals. Mm-hmm, we love them. She loves helping clients with strategic planning, communications, and fundraising research. Dana serves as the adjunct professor at Oklahoma State University as one of the adjunct professors there, teaching classes on nonprofit management and fundraising. She earned a bachelor's in journalism at Oklahoma State University and a master's in mass communications at the University of Oklahoma. The name Sharpshooter Communications was born of Dana's experiences as a world-class competitive rifle shooter. In her youth, she won several national titles, set a national record, and was a member of the Olympic development team. Sharpshooter also describes Dana's fundraising and communications philosophy, crafting a precise message aimed at a specific target. She has served on the board of directors for the Association of Fundraising Professionals, which is AFP Eastern Oklahoma, and is a member of the Grant Professionals Association. She is an active volunteer in the National Charity League, AFP, and with her church. Dana and Doug, a Tulsa County District Judge, have been married since 1997. They have three busy children and two dogs. No word on whether the dogs are busy or not, but I know they're living their best lives. (laughs) She is also lead singer for a local rock band. In her copious spare time, she reads, cycles, runs, and obsesses over Doctor Who. Welcome, Dana. 
Thank you. Yay. You make me sound so good. That, that kind of made me tired. I have to go take a nap after this. Yeah, I'm going to catch up with y'all. Yes. This is amazing. This is amazing. She's, I especially love how I am the only adjunct professor at Oklahoma State. No, you I, know, I tried it. Yeah, I was like, oops. <laughs> yeah, I hope that's not corrected because I kind of like that. That's, she is the adjunct professor, so... I like it. Well, you're in a very. I I would say the coolest one. I mean, I would say I think we could go there. (laughs) I'm okay with that. I am. I'm okay with that. You're in a very impressive Oklahoma. Well, I love I uh, I love being here. I'm so glad that it's okay to say y'all because I see nothing wrong with the uh, with a, a third person plural. Uh, pronoun. Every so many languages have them, and in the South, here in the United States, we decided English needed one, and we just created it. So, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. With perfectly fine with in that. all situations. And I'm also okay that we don't have to explain that you don't say y'all talking to just one other person. It is. I mean, it's just please. Just that speak. makes me crazy on television. They'll always be. Yeah, they're going to be talking to. Yeah. What y'all are y'all really doing good. after we finish dinner? I'm like, I guess your husband has an invisible friend yeah. that you're talking to in addition to. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. It is second person plural. Anyway, yeah. That's okay. So speaking of grammatical idiosyncrasies, this is <laughs> a, a segue that is not a segue. I actually have yet, to, uh, speaking with y'all, all y'all, all the listeners, I have yet to meet the person who says, oh, yeah. I wanted to be a grand professional since I was 12 years old and saw my first banner, um, saw my first RFP. uh, I I just, I knew, I knew. So please, as we ask all of our wonderful guests, I can, we can't wait to hear yours. Please share with us your grant origin story. In other words, how did you become a grant pro superhero? How did that happen? Oh, that is so awesome. And, and, you know, the thing is, when I was a kid, I, I really did. My, my career goal was to be a writer. That's, I wanted to be John Boy Walton. And, um, and yeah, that theme song just makes me feel happy. Just and, Google that if people under 45. We yeah, got you. yeah. And if somebody says, good night, John Boy, that figure, good yeah, night, Mary Ellen. Google it. Um, and so I really did. I wanted to be, I've always wanted to be a writer. Um, you know, really the three things throughout my childhood, um, I wanted to be a, well, probably four things. I wanted to be, um, Lucille Ball or Carol Burnett. Um, I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a, a teacher and I wanted to be a singer. And so I feel like I am in like, literally when people say they're living their best life, um, and I'm not saying my life is perfect. It's far from perfect. But I am, when I look back at what nine-year-old Dana wanted to be doing, I think nine-year-old Dana would be absolutely thrilled. Now, I thought I would be writing best-selling novels um, or television scripts or something like that. I'm not. So my path into this, my, my um, degree in college was um, journalism, mostly public relations, And I graduated from college in 1988, um, which a lot of your listeners were probably not alive then. Um, But um, 1988 was a a rough time to graduate from college. It was the middle of a recession. Here in Oklahoma, the oil prices had um, just bombed. Oklahoma was having a worse 
recession than the rest of the country. And it took me two years to get a job in my field. So um, the one of the reasons that I say this is um, I say this to people who maybe are considering a career and they're afraid that the, I mean, the economy right now is great, but it's not going to be forever. And if you get out of college and you don't have the job that you love, it might take a while. Um, and so I really kind of fell into working at a nonprofit because I had to pay the bills. Um, I loved working with a nonprofit. Um, I, I loved um, working with clients, um, helping them. This was an um, organization that had affordable housing kinds of issues. So I worked there for about two years. Then I had an, an opportunity to go to a university and work there. And um, I took that job. A lot of it was marketing, writing, public relations, um, turned that into a job I had with Oklahoma State University, which was kind of the same thing. They always knew I was a good writer, so they would shove writing projects my way. Uh, one day, but but the college I worked in actually had a full-time grant professional. Um, but she went on maternity leave, and they needed a couple of grants written. And they said, well, we know Dana can write. Dana, you know, can you do this? And uh, so I was like, absolutely, I would love to do it. And I started writing them. And honestly, it was like, you know, the, the, the clouds parted and the angels sang. And, you know, it was like, I love, yes, um, I absolutely loved every minute of it. I loved reading the FOA, even though it, other people were getting really frustrated with it. I loved reading through it. I loved figuring out if they say this, is that what they really want? Do they mean this? I mean, everything, it just really spoke to me. And so I did a couple of grants while Becky was on maternity leave. Um, then I went back to my regular job, but I was like, but I had told Becky, if you ever need help, you know, if you want me to proofread, you know, whatever you want me to do. So I did a little bit of that here and there. Um, so after my third child was born, I had two tiny kids at home and one teenager. And um, my husband was working as a prosecutor. So meaning he was prosecuting crimes and in trial all the time and working 70, 80 hours a week. It was just not going to work for me to work at home, you know, work full time anymore. So I decided that I was going to leave the workforce. Um, I was going to finish my master's degree. And I was going to be the best damn stay-at-home mom that anyone has ever seen. Um, I And then I was going to raise these amazing human beings that were going to be brilliant. And it was all going to be because I understood child development. And I was going to be just fabulous. Um, I had... I'm, I'm not kidding. You guys are going to laugh. Um, I had sensory stations set up around my house. Oh, my for, word. <laughs> yeah. That's... different. I had different centers, like the painting center and the, it was ridiculous. Um, finished my master's degree, um, started being a stay-at-home mom. And by the 10th day, I was climbing the walls and and just like I, something's wrong with me. I am broken because I can't do, if I have to unload that bleeping dishwasher one more time, um, <laughs> I'm going to lose my bleeping mind. Uh -huh. And, um, uh, and I can remember my husband coming home. Gosh, I hope he doesn't hear this. I remember him coming home and hugging me and say, and me saying, I have been pooped on, vomited on, slobbered on, and grabbed all day. And if you touch me, I'm going to scream. I'm going to cut you. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he was like, 
And so I realized maybe I wasn't really cut out for a stay-at-home mom. Fair. So, yeah. And, you know, we talked a little bit uh, before we started recording about answered prayers. Well, this is totally a God thing because I had a friend who was doing PR for a nonprofit and they needed a grant written. She's like, I have no desire to do that, but let me call Dana and see what she's doing. So she was like, Hey, can you help put this grant together? And, um, and I'll pay you to do it. And I might've started crying. I could not wait to get started. And that, that was in 2006. It was literally two, that two weeks after I graduated with my master's and was the best stay at home mom in the world for at least three days. Um, so, um, and now I will assure every, you and all of your listeners, my kids turned out fine. Sure, they're fine. They, the, the children are fine. Um, and they have graduated. Yeah, they're fine. They're fine. They're fine. That's what therapy's for. Um, (laughs) and, um, they, uh, but no, they're great. And this, this really kicked off my career. So 2006, I started doing more. One client turned into two, turned into three, turned into five. Before I knew it, I needed to hire help to help me. Um, so by 2009, I started Sharpshooter and I have not looked back. It's just continued to grow ever since then. And so right now, um, I ran our report for um, last year. In effect, we just got another notice of award today. So I need to add that, but about 12 and a half million a year uh, in 2021. Um, and we're on target to do about the same, if not more this year. Nice. And we also brief PSA. If you want to be a stay at home mom, that's fantastic. If you want to work, that's fantastic. If you want to be a dog mom, that's fantastic. If you want a pet free home, that's fantastic too. Um, I just, think that grants and maybe nonprofit work in particular, you I, maybe because of the nature that it's mainly, except for a lot of the larger organizations, mainly run by women and there seems to be a little more, and that's all I'm going to say. But I'm just saying what I didn't say, but I almost said. Yeah, I, uh, and, and I have nothing but the utmost respect for those, um, it, both men and women. My brother-in-law is a yep. stay-at-home dad, and it's yep. like, Go for, you know, and that's, and that he was going to be my role model. I mean, it was going to be great. I was going to just be fantastic. And it just, I think, and I think that's the joy of living right now is you, you get those choices to, (laughs) to be able to be a stay-at-home mom and take care of those kiddos or find some sort of a mix that works for you. That works for you. And we're all individuals. So, and I apologize in advance. Um, There's some thunderstorming going on outside. I have a headset. Listeners, you probably won't be able to hear it, but if there's a big boom and I yell something, I'm sorry. But, <laughs> you suddenly lose Kimberly. We know why. Yeah. Just know that it's been, a, it's been great. But anyway, no. Yeah. no <laughs> well, and they're doing construction on my office building today as well. So um, same here. Could be a crane. Like, could, be, today, could be. Today, I've been know. asking you to do it for six months and today is the day. That's how it always happens. That's funny. Well, in addition to all the millions of dollars you're bringing in for your clients, you are the creator and owner of Grant Holster, which is a software to manage and track all your grant processes. So what made you or what led you to make that leap right from I write grants to, oh, yes, I'm going to build a grant software as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 
I bet I know the answer because if I had had the know-how you had, I think I think I probably got to the same breaking point you got to that led to the creation of it. I just just said there were the sensory stations built in the house. So clearly systemic thinking. Systemic (laughs) thinking. So I see the trajectory, but please. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and as you guys know, um, the kind of that, I want to call it an old adage. I don't know if there's such a thing as old adage in, in grant writing, but, um, but if you've written one grant proposal, you've written one grant proposal because Mm -hmm. every funder is different. Every, um, funding opportunity within each funder is different. There are no, there's no way to standardize really well. There's no way to standardize our work and still have it be the kind of quality that we want it to have, right? Um, because it's fundraising. It's about relationships. Um, but it drove me crazy. I was busy um, keeping things all different kinds of places. Um, and, and when I had two or three clients, it really wasn't a big deal because I had their mission statements memorized. I could just, you know, type it all out. Um, and then I needed to know what's their budget this year. So I started putting them on little note cards. I had little note cards that I just kind of kept, literally had a stack of them that just had that key information. And I'm like, you know, it's kind of silly to just have this on a note card. Let me put it on a spreadsheet. So I put it on a spreadsheet. And then once you start having more and more clients, more and more grant opportunities, and let me make the little PSA about different funders who want you to go through multi-stages of proposals, which is a double-edged sword, um, not only for the proposal, but then post-proposal, you know, post-award, they want you to have all these deadlines. So each grant you do might have five or six different deadlines. Well, how am I supposed to keep track of all of that? Um, And what's been awarded and what hasn't and what needs this and when is that due? Um, So my next my next iteration was sticky notes and I was the queen of sticky notes. So I gave every client their own color of sticky note and I had one part of my wall that was for upcoming grants or, and then one that was for working grants, one that was pending, one was that was awarded. And so I had different Mm -hmm. information I put on each one and it was great until a couple of things would happen. Um, Post-it would stop carrying the color post-it for that client. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I mean, I was ready to just quit work completely. I'm like, I'm just going to go live on a mountain somewhere because how dare they do this to me? If Romy um, and Michelle ran post-it, that would not have happened. I'm just going to say. Thank you. It's yeah. like, come on, man. Give me some standards here. And then the other thing that happened, which almost was almost horrific, was that one of the post-it notes fell off the wall, it became unstuck and fell behind the credenza. And I finally was like, you know, I know I was working on that ABC foundation thing for whatever. And did I get that done? Did I finish that? I could not have finished that already. And I ended up finding it like the day before it was due and getting it done, getting it out the door. But I'm like, okay, so this isn't going to work. So, um, so then I went to spreadsheets, developed a system for putting them in spreadsheets, which honestly, I still have some people that have used that spreadsheet and they say it has worked decently for them. I still didn't like it. Um, and so I tried some other products that were out there, um, for nonprofits or, you know, whatever they were. And, 
because I'm a consultant, I had very specific needs. I needed to share information with clients, but not let them see everything. Um, I needed to do this, but not that. And every product that I tried had to have workarounds. Oh, well, there's a workaround for this. There's a workaround for that. And it's like, I, I, I am so tired of workarounds. I just want something that works right. Well, enter Dr. Melanie Smith, one of my very best friends, um, who has a PhD in computer science. And I was talking with her about this and I'm like, why is this so hard? Why is it so impossible to just for there to just be something blah, 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 blah. And it was really just verbal diarrhea of me just griping at her. And then she said, you know what? It, it's really not that hard. Why don't you just, and I'm literally was sketching out what I wanted on a napkin. And she was like, what you have just, she held it up. And she's like, this is called a wireframe. What you just developed is called a wireframe. Take this. I am going to give you the name of three developers, call them, take it to them and see what it's going to take to get it done. And then just build your own. And, you know, then you could let other people subscribe to it while you're using it. And then it would kind of pay for the development of it. And who knows, you could get rich. So I'm all for it now. I will say we are still friends. So, but I call her the person who got me into this. <laughs> I refer to her as the person who got me into this because, you know, um, easy. No, it wasn't easy, but, um, but it was fun. And it was a lot of strategic thinking about how do you want this to work? And okay. Not everybody calls a pen, what I call a pending application is not necessarily what everybody else calls a pending application. So do I call it pending or do I call it something else? There was a lot of thought that went into it. Um, a lot of cost that went into it. And um, fortunately, my daughter did get a college scholarship. So the fact that I spent her college fund on... <laughs> It all worked out. It all worked, all worked out. out. Yeah. It was because of the sensory stations I set up for her when she was a baby. Okay. It all works. See, it all works together. together. (laughs) It all works together. But I would say it's, it's been, it has been a tough road and a lot of it just came down to, I was so sick of the chaos. I couldn't handle the chaos anymore. And the chaos of wondering and, and waking up in the middle of the night, worried that I was missing a deadline um, and not being able to find the information that I needed, not being able to quickly communicate my work to my clients so that they knew um, what was going on at any given point without me spending six hours um, pulling it all together. Um, and so that all kind of um, morphed into the creation of Grant Holster. Well, let me tell you, I, 10, 15 years ago, where I was working, I kept kind of the same thing. I'm like, there's got to be a better way. And like yeah. you, I kept demoing all these things that were very clearly not created by a grant professional. Because like you said, I was like, okay, half of that's good stuff. But what about this? And what about that? And things they yeah. never thought about because they're not the ones doing it. So I love the fact that there is a system that was actually built by someone who actually does it. And because I was, I'm like, if y'all would just hire me, you'd make money. I'm just telling you, hire me to walk you through how to do it. But no one, no one took me up on that. That was their loss. Their loss. Our gain, Amanda Day the third. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, and we do. We, I use, my office uses Grant Holster. I use it every day. The very first thing I do when I walk in 
Um, well, the first thing I do is get coffee. The second thing I do is open up Grant Holster just to make sure what I've got going, that I've got nothing to do today. And then kind of look and see, make sure nobody else in the office has stuff that's coming up, you know, that speeding freight train. And then, um, we use it, we use it every single day and we are, we just met with the developer, um, last week to talk about, you know, what are some things that we need to tweak or do? Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it works because we use it's it. Really taken off. Yeah, that's awesome. And I would also like to point out to people who are listening who I I think the, the I think the the biggest mistake I made I'll say that is thinking that a spreadsheet is a database because it's not. No. It's a spreadsheet. It can add things and you can do things. And if you're smarter than me, you can do pivot tables, and that's so nice for you. But that's not where I am with this. But it's not a database. It's mm-hmm. it that's. It's like getting mad at a car because it's not a truck. Right. Or maybe like attaching dangerous trailers on the back of your car when maybe you should have just gotten the pickup. I don't know. I can't. I'm not going to judge you. (laughs) I think that's just a common, you know, if you are, if you're at work and maybe you're being, getting pushback on, no, we don't need a special tracking system or, or whatever it is, or you don't need different color post-it notes. How dare you use it on a spreadsheet? Spreadsheet is really, that's not what it's made for. No. Putting that out there. And also putting this next question out there, as I've already identified, Dana is the only adjunct professor. (laughs) The only one. And then we decided, well, maybe there were others, but she was the coolest one. But um, there are a lot of grant pros out there doing all kinds of training. But Amanda, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if we've had um, a guest yet until today that is teaching um, at, at a college level. And I imagine that brings its own sort of wonderful rewards and opportunities. And um, I would just love if you could share with us um, that you, I I think you teach more than grant writing classes. Let me be clear. They're nonprofit courses that you teach at Oklahoma state university. So I, we were just curious to know like, what's it like teaching at a college level and bringing up those next round of professionals and nonprofit and beyond. Yeah, I, it, it's wonderful. So let me tell you that. And it is, um, and, and yeah, my plate is full. And sometimes I think, I just don't know that I want to do this anymore. But, um, and then I teach another class and I'm like, I can't imagine not doing this anymore. Uh, because just the, um, the energy of the students, and I use the term students um, pretty loosely because the students are not, I mean, I have had in the same class a high school senior who is doing concurrent enrollment as well as a 60 some old, you know, year old um, person who's a board member at a nonprofit who just kind of wants to learn more. So I do teach classes on nonprofit management, on overall fundraising, on, you know, different elements. I teach, and this is, when I say it, it sounds insane and it probably is a little bit, but um, because I didn't write the curriculum, but (laughs) there is a three credit hour class on the 990 on the IRS 990. Um, and when I first did it, I was like, there is no way I can write, do an entire three credit hour course on the IRS 990. And, um, but I've had it go beyond that. So we kind of look at, at organizations who kind of got caught doing bad things. And the reason they got caught was because it got caught on the 990. And, and so we kind of, you know, I've kind of had it morph into something that's bigger than just the 990. Um, But there's lots of different classes that I do. And 
what is so exciting is that, um, you know, the students, <laughs> it's good for me to be around um, people and, and I'll, you know, you start saying kids because you think of them as students, but they're not kids, they're adults. Um, they don't come in with any preconceived notions about how things are supposed to work or how they want things to work. Um, and they don't, um, and, and even though well, some of them um, even might have worked for a nonprofit or even now work for a nonprofit organization, they really don't have that in-depth knowledge of how things work. And um, I think it gives, even if they don't become grant professionals, and I always kind of make a pitch and say, I really hope you will. Well, I don't always, I kind of make it to the ones who are good writers because- <laughs> yeah, not all of them are not. Some of them really don't need to be <laughs> great writers. They need to do other things, though. Other um, important things, too. Many and more. Are, well, exactly. Many there are those, you know, that are really good at program development or they're really good at managing people or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but but it is, um, I think, the fact that, you, like you said, nobody is in third grade saying, I really want to be a grant writer. Well, no one's in third grade saying, I want to be an accountant for a nonprofit, or I want to be a program manager, or I Mm -hmm. want to be an executive director, because you're just not exposed to it. And I think you're probably exposed more now than ever before. But I think it's wonderful to just open up this whole world that has always been there and that you've always been engaged with, but that has always been a little bit invisible and to just describe the inner workings of that world. And um, that's just, it's so exciting to see the passion um, that students develop for the nonprofit world um, as a career and they start recognizing the impact that they can have. Nice. Did that answer the question? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> oh, you got it. You and um, how many? I'm I'm just I'm curious for a little bit of quantifiable knowledge here. So, do, is it year round? Are you know? Are you teaching every semester and then a short summer semester? Uh, right now, I am not teaching uh, during the summer. Thank goodness, I get that off. Yeah. And then I do teach two classes in the fall and two classes in the spring. Wow. So for people who are listening, who have their master's or above, I think that that could be a a really viable thing to explore. I'm I'm assuming that if to teach at a university level, you would need to have an advanced. Yeah, 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 you do. Um, And uh, it is an absolute joy. Um, You know how a lot of people, they'll say the best way to learn to write a federal grant is to become a reviewer. Um, and I think the best way to really understand the nonprofit world is to have to teach other people about it. It really helps you gather your thoughts and mm-hmm. do your yeah. research. And Nice. And I love telling the cautionary tales. Those are... Um, oh, we devote an entire episode every year to <laughs> cautionary tales. Grant's gone wrong. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah, Grant's gone wrong. <laughs> Ripped from the headlines, yes. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Oh. Well, Dana, you're a very active participant in many of the grant groups on social media. And I know this because I am too. Um, and I know you're very transparent when it comes to both your frustrations of working with clients who don't understand the processes and funders who insist on crazy requirements. Uh, some of the things you post, I'm like, preach it, girl. I'm right there with you. Yeah, because Amanda um, and I never, we're shy retiring. Yes. Never talk about mm-hmm. this, yeah. so. No yeah. opinion. No opinion. No, no, none, no. None, none. 
So other than obviously posting places where other grant professionals can cheer you on to victory as you get there, but what are some of the ways our listeners can work with their clients or potentially work with funders to better educate them on the good and the bad and the ugly of the grant process, right. with the end goal of making it a beautifully seamless process for us all? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and it's funny, I ha- I did have somebody ask me a question and I've totally forgotten where it came from about Grant Holster. Like, where do you see Grant Holster in 20 years? And I, my literal and actual response, because it wasn't something I'd actually thought about it, was that I hope Grant Holster isn't needed in 20 years. I hope that the grant seeking process is so seamless and so... I don't want to say easy. It should never be easy, um, but it should be um, comparably easy in terms of um, just the administration of it, that you don't need a specialized database just to help you manage it. Uh, And boy, wouldn't that be great. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, But in terms of dealing with it, I think the very best way to communicate not only to your clients, if you're a consultant, but also to your board of directors, your development director, your um, the other people that you work with, is to um, is to explore and be able to define what the process is. One of the best exercises that um, I went through last year, it was like in twenty twenty, with my biggest client, um, was they um, went through the. Um, they're very much into the Six Sigma and a lot of the process yeah. management. And we went through and did what they call the lean process, which is part of that best practices, Six Sigma stuff um, on the grant seeking process. Now, I have been working with this nonprofit for 15, over 15 years. Um, so I know how the grant process works. But what I didn't realize is that um, that the CFO, who's only been there for five years, had no idea what all went into getting a grant. So when he was telling me he needed to have all of the information about the program to him eight weeks before the deadlines, before he could approve a budget, he did not understand that that was not reasonable. And once we went through the lean process, the number of light bulbs that I saw go off um, for administrators and program people was phenomenal. And I did at the uh, conference in Seattle, I did teach a class on that lean process that we went through. And um, and so if anyone is interested in that, I would, I mean, again, you learn it best when you have to teach it to somebody else. So mm-hmm. I love I love teaching about that. And I, I'd like to do a blog or a white paper or something about how we managed that. Um, and so that is a fabulous way. If you can have a visual of what the process is that somebody can look at and go, oh, okay, I get it. Now, <laughs> with funders, what do you do for that? Um, you know, <sighs> I don't know really what you can. There, there are a couple of things, I think, um, to focus on. The first being um, to ensure that because grant seeking is a form of fundraising and fundraising is all about relationships, it's vital that the grant professional or whoever it is, um, whoever that outward facing person is for the organization, develop those good relationships with funders. Um, and it is through those good relationships when they trust you, they trust your organization, um, they have faith that the investment that they make in your mission um, is going to be stewarded 
very well and that you are going to be able to produce the results, when they are able to trust you, that opens the door to having those more difficult conversations of um, your grant um, application uh, requires 45 hours and you're only giving us $10,000. Um, five years ago, it only took us three hours and you were giving us the same amount. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really hard conversation to have if you don't already have that good relationship. So, And also the data to back that up, which can be tracking your own time, whether or not you're a consultant, yeah. tracking the time spent so that you have comparative data to offer, right? Absolutely. Because if you don't know how long something is taking you, then you have no, you've got nothing to stand on. And there are so many timekeepers out there. We use Harvest um, because it's um, it's just $10 um, a month per person. Um, and it, you can do your invoices through that. You can do everything through that. And we track our time. I mean, we track our time on everything. So I know um, how long things take and we know how to, um, how to communicate that. Mm -hmm. So I think everyone should be tracking their time regardless of what their structure is. The other thing that I love to do, um, because I'm petty is to go to, um, grant advisor, which is the website. I kind of call it Yelp for, um, foundations. We talk about them all the time. They're awesome. I love going there. It is so cathartic sometimes to be able to talk about how horrible, um, an experience was. And I try to, and I'm not going to say I always succeed, but I do try to, every time I fill every time I finish an application, one of the things with my process is go on there and write a review. More often than not, it's fine. Um, and in some, in some cases, they are absolutely the most, you know, the people at the foundation are the most lovely people you would ever want to work with, even when they tell you no. <laughs> you know, um, they're still lovely. And so I try to balance it so it's not just the venom um, that I'm putting out there, but it is so cathartic to, instead of just screaming into the void, um, to be able to do something that I know is going to get communicated back to the funder. Um, and I I hope that that will continue to be a powerful or grow um, in its um, in its impact. Um, we're, we're big fans of Grant Advisor. That we are. Um, when you mentioned tracking your time, what's interesting, so of course when I was an employee somewhere, I didn't really, I never tracked my time because, I mean, I got the job done, right? And I, right. so I didn't do that. And even now I track it, I track it by client and I also track by project, like, you know, is it this grant? Mm-hmm. What was interesting, I have uh, a good friend of ours does a lot of big federal grants and every now and then she'll reach out to either me or Kimberly and be like, hey, can you do this one little piece for me? And so she had asked me on this huge HHS grant to help her with the budget and the budget justification. Now I didn't write or build the budget. All I did was take all the data she had from other places mm-hmm. and follow the grant guidelines and how to lay everything out and how to fit it within the 11 pages. It took me five hours to yeah. do that. Yeah. And I was like, Holy cow. And I'm I'm sure I've had other grants that have taken me that long, but when you're tracking just overall, I'm like, okay, this grant took me 50 hours. But when you're like, it took me five hours, not to even create data, but just to put it in the right order. I was like, that is insanity to me. But (laughs) also tracking your time is power. I, I, it's no secret. If you listen to me before, Amanda's the nice one and I'm not, 
and I freaking hate <laughs> fundraising galas, the planning of them. I got zero time oh, no. for it. But I was able to at um, at a job before I began um, consulting. I was they had they were it was a medium sized organization. They had two fundraising events a year with way 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 too many, and I was just like. I came in midstream, so I used at the time, and I, I haven't used it in a while, but I, I do think it's still available, Toggle, T-O-G-G-L. Oh, that's what I used. It was free. It's still and, awesome. And I was, um, or you could get paid versions, but I was just, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you the labels that I put in there because it was it was just for me. It was like freaking this and freaking that. No, this, you know, and um, I did, sh- well, that's not true. I did share it with someone who found it amusing, but that's neither here nor there, but... <laughs> I was able to, at the end of that, clean my act up and go, yeah, this was like 400 hours for a net of X. Or I could do this major gift campaign and write these grants for the same amount in less than 100 hours. What are you going to choose? So it became a, I, I think it's easy to fall into that as well. I'm not a, I'm salaried, so I don't have to worry about it. You can use yeah. it to actually be able to be more effective in your job and to never have to put together a gift basket ever again in your life. I'm just, <laughs> unless you like that, unless you like that and God love you, that is fantastic. But that is just, yeah. oh, not where I'm going to be. No. Well, so. and it also helps with, you know, the main thing that we like to measure here at Sharpshooter is return on investment. Exactly. And you cannot, and and it's easy for us because we bill by the hour. So it's like, you know, you paid us this much and we got you that much. It's almost like we're a vending machine, right? Or maybe a slot machine is a better description. Um, a successful the, slot machine. Yeah. <laughs> the um, but, but if you are a, a full-time part-time, whatever it is, you're salaried or you're working by the hour, it's it's a lot harder to to show that ROI and to, unless you can do it per project and show that this project is just not worth pursuing anymore. True that. Or that that little thing you wanted me to do, you wanted me to just do the board minutes every month. And that was just going to be a really easy thing to do because I'm a good writer and I can type fast. Um, yeah, that takes me 27 hours a month. Is that really where you want my time to go? How about using your phone for a little recording and then do a transcript or captioning? How about that? That's yeah. also, that's free. Yeah. Chad. Exactly. So, <laughs> anywho, before I go off somewhere else, I, <laughs> um, Dana, we're also super curious. I'm wondering if I can throw this little twist to you, but I have a feeling with all the wonderful twists and turns that your career has taken over the years, you will not be um, taken aback by this at all. But as you self-identified early on, you must have started when you were five because you've been in nonprofit work for 30 years, is what you said. Um, What are the top two things that have kept you in this field, moving forward, being super productive and loving it? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Um, two things. And I love how you, you know, you had to limit, limit me. Okay, fine. Um, so, you know, I would say anyone who talks to me for more than five minutes probably comes to the conclusion that I do have a little ADHD and I am old enough that when I was a kid, that was not something that existed. Um, and so I just learned to turn it into my superpower. Um, and so what I, um, 
being a grant consultant really feeds that ADHD mentality that I have. Because again, if you've written one grant proposal, you've written one grant proposal. It is different every single time. It is different every single day. And there is always something new. There's always something different. Um, There's always new opportunities or new ways of doing things. And there's no way that I could go in. My sister is a CPA. Um, I could absolutely not do that job because she loves it. For her, she's working a puzzle, a very complex puzzle. But for me, it's like it's the exact same thing over and over. Um, And so there's just no way that I could do that. So I think it's just the diversity of activity that we get to do. Um, The second thing that has kept me in it and helped me love it is that um, I get to see the change in the world. Um, And so if my voice shakes, I'm sorry, this is where I just get all emotional. But, um, you know, there are there are people who have a bed to sleep in tonight because I wrote a grant that allowed my client to get the money to to make that happen. Um, there are kids, um, there are adults, there are women actually um, in Oklahoma who are alive because I um, wrote a grant to get a mammogram machine for a free clinic and they were able to get a mammogram in time to, for their breast cancer to be diagnosed and they're alive. And I got to be part of that. Um, and they're, you know, so whether it's animals, whether it's art, whether it's life or death situations, I get to be part of these just miracles. And I just, um, and, but it's not just homeless, um, situations. It's not just medical. It's, all kinds of different things. And, and, you know, I've learned so much about all these different things and I get to see the results of it. And, you know, I, I drive down here in Tulsa, we have a beautiful park system called the river parks. Um, and I wrote the grants to pay for the led lights that go along the path. So on those rare mornings when I do actually wake up in time to go run, um, and those lights are on, I did that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and my kids know that I did that. Um, and I just, there's just something about that that is so fulfilling to me that, um, I, I don't think I could ever do anything else. I love that. I'm not the only mom who's like, uh, my kids know there's certain places they're like, yeah, mom, we know that bridge is there because of you. We we know that park is there because you read a grant. (laughs) Have I I told you that before? Okay. Have I told you that I raised money for different things? I didn't realize that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's just a, it's just a, it's an amazing feeling and it's a, a fantastic career to be in. I would concur. Yeah. Well, Dana, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, If people want more information about Grand Holster or Sharpshooter Communications or any of the work that they do, where is the best place for them to find out about all the things? Yeah, well, we've tried to make it easy. So Grant Holster, if you'll just put in, you know, grantholster.com, that's going to take you there. Um, And then if you are a pretty fast typist, you'll be able to put in Sharpshooter Communications pretty quickly. Um, It is a long name. There's just no way around it. Um, But if you will go to Sharpshooter Communications, that has information about the grant seeking work that we do. One of the things that's also on there that I would, that is completely free and it is completely no strings attached, 
Um, we have a grant readiness assessment that we ask anytime um, a nonprofit calls us about grant seeking, I ask them to complete that questionnaire first. Um, and so it, it, and it's things like, you know, do you have family members serving on your board? I mean, it's just kind of like those very basic things. Um, so that I can, are you actually a 501c3? <laughs> Cause you know, we all get those calls. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, um, if anyone would like to use that grant readiness assessment, it's a big button right on the Sharpshooter Communications webpage. And um, if you want to use that for your organization or you want to use that for your clients, um, there's no strings attached. Um, there's a little place that says, can we contact you about this? Just put no. We don't contact you. We don't put you on a mailing list. We don't send you a freaking newsletter every week. We don't, you know, we don't do any of that. We just let you use that. And that's just kind of one of those things that we um, want people to have access to. Um, and so I think that is actually on the um, Grant Holster website under uh, toolkits, um, as well as on the sharpshooter. So I would just, if, if that's something that's helpful to you, um, go there and check it out. Of course, we also have Facebook and um, Instagram and all of that. Yeah. yeah, I was poking around on the Grant Holster page the other day, and you do have, if you go to grantholster.com, there is a page of just grant tools that are all free and fabulous and wonderful. So if you're new to this world, even if you're not, go check it out and see what good stuff Dana's got for you. Yeah, and we do, and I do let you download all of that without collecting all of your data, and because that just drives me. One of my things with starting Grant Holster and Sharpshooter was I'm not going to do those things that drive me crazy about other companies. So, so I don't make you sign away your life or get on 12 mailing lists or anything like that to download those those things. Awesome. So. Well, thanks for taking the time to join the podcast today. We love talking to you. It was fun. And I always, yes. I learn so much. I always do. I always do. Oh, so. Well, I learn from you guys as well. And I do appreciate all that you guys are doing to help our profession. Um, okay, listeners, this they did not ask me to say this, I promise. But I do appreciate everything that you guys do to um, to just bring community. Um, you know, grant writing is a, is a solitary uh, activity and it can get lonely at times and having that, those friendly voices laughing about the things that we all experience really adds a lot of value to what we do and gives us a sense of community. And I appreciate that you do that for us. So thank you guys. Thank you. Wowzers. Yes. My heart just grew like the Grinch. It went boom, 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 three See, times. And now, now, you, now I'm going to ask that you put together a gift basket for now. Oh, girl. That, no, that'll oh, shriek no. it right back down where it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Her heart shrank nine times that day. Yeah. <laughs> But Good again, time. Dana, thanks so much. Um, it was a lot of fun and um, can't wait to see what you're going to do next. I know. Who knows what it'll be? Maybe we should do like a reality show where you have to write a grant in 45 minutes. Or, said there is not enough grant related TV out there. This, this is a problem. I don't think there's any grant related TV. No, well, there's there's oh, I've got an idea. We could be the grant detectives. <laughs> and we could putting on that hat we could have a hat and so there's a there's a mystery we have to solve and we have to we have to google it and create a spreadsheet and yeah 
and find all the words that you can use in place of support and need Mm -hmm. need, oh and identify both the qualitative and quantitative elements (laughs) of the crime (laughs) and list out your stuff in smart form exactly it it has to be a smart crime (laughs) (sighs) dear listeners stay tuned for what may be coming next Bye. Well, thank you for listening. As always, your continued support is the reason that we are here in season five, if you can believe that. And if you've just joined us, there's some slightly embarrassing, but also fun um, things in our archives. So you can go check that out. We, so um, if you could please leave a review, if you like what you hear, could you leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts? It really helps other grant and fundraising pros connect to the work that we do. And we really, really appreciate it. Or just share it with your friends. Um, It just helps people find each other. And we all want to just do good things. Thank you again to our season five sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. We so appreciate their support in making grants less stressful. Visit their website at dhleonardconsulting.com to download their latest free resources today. We're so honored you chose to spend time with us today and hope you tune in to our next episode. We're going to talk about harnessing the power of data in your fundraising and grant-seeking efforts. Oh, sorry. See you then.